This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome, everyone, to the latest edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull. On today's podcast, we talk about a miserable performance all around by the Cleveland Browns. Their winning streak is over. They get crushed by the Denver Broncos by a final score of 29 to 12. We'll break it all down. Who's to blame? And there's plenty of blame to go around. And where do the Browns now sit in the playoff picture in the AFC? Plus, Ohio State loses again to Michigan. We'll get to that as well. All coming up on today's edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. Folks, no other way to put it. Uh, this one was ugly. The Browns, who have, have uh, gone to Denver in the past and it's been a house of horrors, it's happened once again. Not only did the Browns lose this game, but they lost their starting quarterback, who was their third quarterback in Dorian Thompson-Robinson, on a brutal hit in the near the end zone, and he got a concussion. Uh, P.J. Walker had to come in the game, and th- from that point on, the game completely fell apart. Other injuries in the game, Amari Cooper, Miles Garrett, and a whole lot more. We'll get to all of it, but first, let's go back to the beginning of the game, and this game did not get off to a good start. You look at what happened here in the first drive. The Browns get the ball to start the game. They go three and out, quick punt. Uh, Browns unable to get anything going in that first drive, really just three yards. They punt the ball to the Broncos. We know the Browns have struggled on defense in the first quarter. Browns are giving up about seven points a game in the first quarter heading into this one and giving up 11 points a game after the first quarter. They are 30th, I believe, out of 32. We're coming into the game. We're 30th out of 32 teams in first quarter points allowed. And number one, of course, in second through fourth quarter points allowed. Well, the Browns gave up their typical seven in the first quarter, but things did not get better from there and completely cratered for the final 20 minutes of the game. We'll get to that in a little bit. But it started on the first drive. And to me, the biggest play, and and this really got the Browns off to a terrible start. So the Broncos, we know how the how good the Browns, they've been record-setting in terms of stopping teams on third down. And this was a sign of things to come in this game. Broncos had the ball third and one at their own 29 to start the drive. Uh, Russell Wilson kept it himself, barely got the first down, but did just get there. And so on their first opportunity, the Broncos got a first down. But it looked like the Browns would settle in and then after the initial first down, hold them to a three and out after that after a running play that went nowhere and a short pass that was completed for no gain, the Broncos were looking at a third and 10, five minutes into the game and looked to be in good position to get the ball back with decent field position. Russell Wilson dropped back, went deep for Cortland Sutton, incomplete pass. We, you know, for a moment you think, okay, the Browns stopped him. 
and it's going to be a punt, but a defensive pass interference called on Greg Newsom. Now, remember, Denzel Ward did not play in this game. He's dealing with an injury to his shoulder. It was a big deal, and this really played a big role in this game because Greg Newsom was awful. On this play, he supposedly committed a pass interference. I would argue that it was a bad call. We saw some bad calls going both ways in this game, but this was a bad call early, and it was a huge one. So instead of the Broncos looking at a fourth and 10 and punting from their own 30, they got 34 yards on the penalty, a very questionable penalty on Greg Newsom, and it led them to a, a first and 10 at the 36. Samaje Pirine then got going on the ground. On second and five, Russell Wilson fumbled, but the Broncos were able to cover it up. And once again, a sign of things to come in this game. Third and eight at the Browns 34. Good chance to hold him to a long field goal try. And Russell Wilson went deep down the field to Cortland Sutton, uh, beating, in this case, Ronnie Hickman on the play, pushed out of bounds at the three-yard line. One play later, P. Ryan up the middle for a touchdown, and the Broncos had an early 7-0 lead. Then on the next drive, the Browns get the ball back. They finally, they, they I should, shouldn't say finally, it was only their second possession. But they do get a first down on a pass to Cedric Tillman. One of the few bright spots in this game is that there was actual Cedric, actually a Cedric Tillman emergence in this game. More on that later. So they get they hit he hits Tillman, Dorian Thompson Robinson. That is the Browns get a first down. Now they're looking at a, a third down and one at their own forty nine yard line. Unfortunately, another guy who had a rough day today, Ethan Pochett, just called for a false start. The center, you rarely see it. They said he moved the ball forward before mo before moving it back. Again, I thought that was a questionable call. Uh, second one in a row against the Browns. Now, later in the game, there were some questionable calls in the Browns' favor, but it didn't help. Uh, but in this case, third one. So instead of looking at a third and one at the Browns' 49, where you're thinking, okay, they got two plays to get a first down, you backed up to the 45. Now you're looking at a third and almost five here. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson hit Cedric Tillman again. He's tackled just shy of the marker. Was very close. The Browns do not challenge. They decide to go for it. Fourth and inches at their own 49. Love the call. Always go for it. Fourth and less than one in my mind. Direct snap to Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant, as he's done, he's done this a lot this year. Unfortunately, he couldn't handle the snap. The ball came loose. Denver fell on it. Technically, it's a turnover and a fumble. But even if the Browns had recovered it, uh, it would have been the Broncos' ball anyway. However, the Browns didn't get hurt by it because a few plays later, Russell Wilson fumbled on a ball that was punched out by JOK. Now, JOK, another one of the few bright spots, had 11 tackles in this game. He was all over the place, but on a day where not many guys played well, JOK was one of them who did, or not many guys made it through the game, unfortunately. Forced the, the Russell Wilson fumble, but the Browns got it, went three and out, went right back to the Broncos, and that's when the Broncos moved the ball methodically down the field. It was a very long drive, 13 plays, 80 yards, six minutes, something we have not seen, seen a lot of teams do against the Browns. And we talked about this. We talked about it all week on, on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. I talked about it on Thursday, or excuse me, on, on the Tuesday podcast as well. The Broncos have not been a good team at long drives. The reason they've been able to win lately 
is because of short fields. However, that was not the case in the first half of this game. The Broncos scored their first touchdown. They started at their own 20. When they scored their second touchdown on this drive we're talking about here, they started once again at their own 20. So this Browns defense that had been so good was getting gashed on the ground, was giving up big plays on third down, things they haven't done all year, and long drives. We haven't seen a lot of long drives by the Broncos for touchdowns. We haven't seen the Browns defense give up a lot of long drives for touchdowns. But in this case, it was 14-0, and we're already in the middle of the second quarter. Now, the Browns did finally get a drive going. They ran the ball a little better, and this is where the criticism of Kevin Stefanski begins. I thought Kevin Stefanski had a very poor day. I thought he got away from, he got, you know, I loved the game plan last week, even though they almost lost. I loved it. <clears throat> and I understand that Kevin Stefanski felt like he needed to throw the ball more to open things up for the running game. Because remember, Browns did not go down the field at all last week until the final drive, and they did not run the ball effectively. They can't win games consistently scoring 13 points. You just can't do it. Kevin Stefanski knew that he had to get a little more offense and he wanted to throw the ball downfield a little more. I'm fine with that, but I thought he went too far. The Broncos have been the worst run defense in the league. The Browns started to get the running game going on this one drive where they got the field goal. And besides that drive, they just didn't run the ball enough. Again, I've talked about the fact that the Browns running game despite the total yardage on the season, is, is me mediocre, and I believe that. However, their passing game is far worse than that. So I would still rely on the running game more, and I do think, and, and folks, you know me, <laughs> I have defended Kevin Stefanski at every turn, but I got to call it like I see it, as I always do. Kevin Stefanski did a piss-poor job in this game. He got away from the run too much, but despite that, the Browns were still very much in the game. They get the field goal on their first drive of significance. Unfortunately, they have to settle for that field goal from the 18. As usual, Dustin Hopkins, perfect, makes a 36-yard field goal. After they stopped, the Broncos again forced them to punt. Browns got it back, again had a long drive towards the end of the first half, and this was a missed opportunity here. They had first and goal at the nine after another long completion from Dorian Thompson-Robinson to, again, Cedric Tillman. We talked about it. Cedric Tillman in this game, I talked about earlier, his coming out party. He's done absolutely nothing all season, but again, one of the few bright spots. Caught four of five targets, a career high, 55 yards, a career high. He was very effective in the first half. Unfortunately, like much of the rest of the team, they couldn't get much going after their first drive in the second half. But after they got Tillman down at the nine, the Browns' drive stalled out. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson kept it himself on first down. I thought second down was a surefire run. They didn't on third and uh, at third and goal. Uh, you're obviously going to throw the ball at that point. But again, so uh, fair to be critical of Kevin Stefanski. who did not do a good job at the end of that drive. Browns have to settle for another Dustin Hopkins field goal of 24 yards. That's the end of the half, 14-6. Broncos get the ball to start the second half. And you feel like maybe things are going the Browns' way to start the second half. Broncos go three and out, get nothing. Browns get the ball back, down eight points, and they have their best drive of the day. 13 plays, 79 yards, 6 minutes, 24 seconds. They get the ball down at the, at the five-yard line first and goal. They do run this time on first down. 
with Kareem Hunt, got one yard. On second down, David Njoku uh, drops a ball. He has to go up to get it, but it's in his hands. Njoku drops the ball. They miss an opportunity there. They run again on third down. I, again, I didn't have a problem with the play calling on this on this series. I thought I thought it was a great job here. One of the few good series by the Browns. Third and goal. Kareem Hunt gets knocked down at the two-yard line. So you're looking at a fourth and goal. You have about 640 to go in the third quarter. You're down at this point, 14 to 6. Got to go for it right from the two. They do. Good call. And they get it. DTR hits Harrison Bryant, who holds on for his first touchdown. Uh, and it's 14-12. Now, the Browns have a chance to tie up this game. This drive was great. They get it in on fourth down. They make almost every right play on this drive. Yeah, Njoku had a drop. The touchdown, you felt like things were going the Browns' way. It was 14-12 with 6.42 to go. But from the moment that touchdown was completed, everything went down the tubes for the Browns. The rest of the game was a complete disaster, and it started with a failed two-point conversion. They tried a trick play. DTR hits Amari Cooper in the end zone. Looks like it's going to be a two-point conversion to tie the game. He drops the ball. And from there, things got worse. The Browns' defense got dismantled going down the field. The Broncos ran it at will. Now, I'll give the Browns' defense credit. They got embarrassed on that drive. But in the end, they held up third and goal at the two. They stopped the Broncos. Uh, I thought the Broncos should have thrown it on third down, even though they were running effectively because Miles Garrett was out of the game. And we know Greg Newsom has struggled this whole game, gave up some big plays on defense. They have to settle for a field goal. So the Browns still got a shot going bad. You know, things started to go the wrong way, but they still got a shot because they held them to a field goal. So it's 17-12. No problem. You got a chance. All right. Browns get the ball back. DTR looking at first two plays go nowhere. A false start penalty on, on Hudson, who's a disaster. So you're looking at a third and 12. Okay. DTR drops back to pass. He scrambles all the way into the end zone. Starts to come out of the end zone, throws it downfield, incomplete. Looks like the Browns are going to have to punt from inside their own 20. They get a huge break for a moment, a penalty for roughing the passer. Now, fans are going to get mad at me. I didn't think it was roughing the passer. People go, well, he got a concussion. His mouth's bleeding. Yeah, he hit him in the chest, high in the chest, and he went down. It was a crushing hit. It wasn't late and it wasn't to the head. I didn't think it was a penalty, but who cares? The Browns get a break now, but but they get a break with the penalties because they get a first down. However, DTR out of the game. He's got a concussion. That would be the end of his game. He got absolutely demolished on the play. So you're now 11 seconds left in the third quarter. You're down five, but you got to go to P.J. Walker. You know what P.J. Walker is. He's a disaster. First play, they run the ball. Remember, after the penalty, they get the ball at their own 41, uh, I'm sorry, the own, at their own 38. So instead of punting from inside the 20, they got a first and 10 at their own 38. Down just five. First play, they get three yards. Okay. Now, this is where the game just was over. They try a double reverse, and they fumble. Now, Kevin, you know me, Kevin Stefanski. I love you, buddy. I'm all about being aggressive, going for it on fourth down, not punting. I love trick plays, but this was not the right time. That was clearly the case. And the personnel you're running it with, 
You ran it with Elijah Moore, who doesn't have the best hands. You ran it with P.J. Walker, who just came in the game. And you ran it with Pierre Strong, who was on a milk cart. You hadn't used him the whole game. The second pitch from Moore to Strong goes awry. The ball is loose. The Broncos get it. And that was it. The Broncos would then punch it in. And, and the rest of the game doesn't matter. Once the Broncos scored the touchdown after that to make it 24-12, you knew there was no way the Browns were going down the field with P.J. Walker and scoring touchdowns uh, in, in one quarter, two touchdowns. There was no way they were going to do it. Things got worse from there, and the Browns lose by a final of 29-12. to DTR finishes 14-29, 134, and a touchdown. Again, some bad drops from the Browns. David Njoku, we can't have it. David Njoku's having a good year overall, but he had a couple of really bad drops again after four last six drops in the last two weeks. Can't have that. Nice game for Cedric Tillman. Nobody else did much. Elijah Moore at 44 yards. Mark Cooper had a nothing day, only six targets, two catches, dropped the two-point conversion. Uh, Jerome Ford ran it well, but he only had nine to, nine carries. Uh, Kareem Hunt jumped, was flying over the line for a first down. His yards per carry is never great, but he did what he had to do. Jerome Ford was very sharp, 9 for 65, had a lot of good solid runs. They just got away from the run too much. By the end of the game, you know, you had to throw the ball. What are you going to do? But he, but even still, even at, even at 24-12, before it completely went off the rails, or when you got the ball back after that touchdown, you could run a little there. I mean, the game's not, you know, I, I know you're not going to score two touchdowns with P.J. Walker, but you got to try to run a little bit. You still had three timeouts and – 13 minutes or 12 minutes, whatever it was. I mean, it shouldn't, they totally abandoned the run at that point. I'm not saying you got to run a lot. You got to score two touchdowns with a bad quarterback. It's almost impossible. But to give up on it completely, I, I, I thought the Browns really erred. The trick play was a terrible call by Kevin Stefanski. He just had a horrible game. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, any call to fire him, I think, is stupid. Uh, well, <laughs> and I might be a hypocrite based on what I'm going to say about uh, Ryan Day later. But I don't think that's the case. Just because I want one coach fired doesn't mean that I have to have every coach fired or vice versa. Uh, calls to fire Kevin Stefanski are ridiculous. They're 7-4 and four with all the injuries, and the quarterback situation is insane. Um, but the Browns lose. There's not much good I can say. Again, I'll, I'll, the only kudos on the offense I'll give, I thought Jerome Ford played well. I thought the offensive line did a decent job with DTR. Once P.J. Walker was in and they were throwing every play, they had no shot. Ford played well. Uh, he had 80, 79 total yards on 11 touches. And Cedric Tillman had a nice game for the Browns on offense. I really can't give much credit to anybody else. Defensively, JOK was great. I said he had 11 tackles. He actually had 12 officially. He had a sack, two tackles for a loss, quarterback hit. He played a great game. I can't credit anybody else on the Browns defense. Greg Newsom was awful. Everybody else was in the script. Miles Garrett had a bad game. He was a non-factor in this game. Batted down one pass, was a nice play, made, made one tackle for a loss, but this was, uh, and he got hurt in the second half. The Browns are, are dealing with all kinds of injuries. We look ahead. Um, well, first of all, let's look at the standings. The Steelers beat the Bengals today. Uh, Ravens playing tonight. As of now, the Browns are the sixth seed in the AFC. Nothing will change after tonight. Um, the, the Steelers are ahead of them, even though they're tied. As the Steelers right now have a better division record. That's the tiebreaker there. The Browns are still a playoff team at seven and six. Uh, behind them, the Colts are six and five. The Texans, who lost to the Jaguars, are six and five. The Broncos are six and five. And 
the Buffalo Bills, they are, well, that game, uh, let's see, that game, there's 30 seconds left. I'll try to update you on that game before it ends. If the, if the, if the Bills win, uh, let's see here, this, what's going on in this game? Actually, the Eagles have the ball third and 17 at the Bills 41 as we speak. I know by the time you hear this, the game will be over, but for me, there's 30 seconds left in that game and. We'll see what the Bills can do. If they win their 7-5, right now it looks like they probably won't, but you never know uh, if they can get the ball back here in the closing seconds. I don't know if there's enough time or not. Uh, yeah, they have they have time. They have timeouts, so we'll we'll see what happens here. But um, as of now, so, so it could change, I guess, because the, um, the Browns, if the Bills win, they'd be set. No, the Browns are still 7-4, so they'd still be ahead of Buffalo. But Buffalo would move into the five spot if they uh, – if they win this game at seven and five, they'd move into the excuse me, not the five spot, but the seven spot in the AFC. And looking ahead to the Browns schedule, they stay on the road. They're going. They're going to be in LA next week. They're not coming home between. And then they got uh, so the Rams played a very good game today. They smoked the Cardinals. Rams are a decent team. Then they got to play the Jaguars at home. So you got two tough games coming up. Uh, the the final four on the schedule look very favorable. So I still think the Browns have a great chance to make the playoffs. The season is not over. They've still won five of their last seven games. If you could split the next two, you're in good shape. Last four games, Bears at home at the Texans is tough. Jets at home at the Bengals. Bengals are a mess. Uh, Jets stink. Bears stink. So the Browns should be able. I still think the Browns got four more wins in them. I still think they're going to finish 11 and six. And that's going to be good enough to make the playoffs. So don't give up. The season's not over. But today was a disaster day. I give a thumbs down to just about everybody. Kevin Stefanski gets an gets a an F for this game. Jim Schwartz didn't do a great job having Greg Newsom on Cortland Sutton. I don't know what they were doing there. Uh, getting away from the run by Stefanski was just a terrible job. He had a bad day. Deserves a ton of criticism today. Want to kill him? Fine. I think. Asking for him to be fired is silly for a guy who uh, team seven and four in the playoffs right now with, with the quarterback situation they've had is still remarkable. But for today, he deserves all your criticism uh, without exception. He he was a, he was a disaster and they were a disaster. The pl- players deserve plenty of criticism. They didn't play well enough on special teams. They didn't play well enough on offense. They didn't play well enough on defense. Uh, JOK, Jerome Ford, Cedric Tillman. You guys get a pass. I got nothing much good to say about anybody else. Now. One other thing here, um, the Ohio State Buckeyes lost to Michigan, as you all know, and if you look at Ryan, now, I, it's funny because I think it's crazy for people to say fire Kevin Stefanski, and yet I think the Ohio State should fire Ryan Day. Now, I don't think they will, and I understand the people that argue against it because you look at his overall record. He has never lost a Big Ten game except to Michigan. Uh, and by the way, I was saying before the Eagles were up 31-30, 31-28 on the Bills. It was actually the Bills that were up 31-30, and that game is now tied with 20 seconds to go. So by the time I finish this podcast, that game will still be up in the air, but who cares? It doesn't really matter. Uh, for the I mean, Obviously, you'd rather the Eagles win. We all want the Eagles to win, but Browns will stay in that sixth spot either way. Um, but uh, But even though Ryan Day has done a great job against the rest of the Big Ten, it doesn't matter. 
This is not the NFL where you can lose every week, win or lose every week. Every game's a toss-up. Almost every game is a three-point spread or maybe a six or seven. Double digits is rare. The Buckeyes are favored by 20, 30, 40 points in many of their games, certainly by double digits in almost every game they play. Any coach, almost any coach in America could win 9, 10, 11 games with this team. Now, maybe there's not a better answer. Maybe I'm wrong about Ryan Day. But all I know is, since COVID, he's lost three straight to Michigan, something that has not happened since the 90s and John Cooper. It's been 30 years since the Buckeyes lost three in a row to Michigan. They are 2-6 and six against teams ranked in the top five. 2-6. and six. They have been absolutely awful in every game that has mattered especially the last three years. And Michigan, after all the crap they took for their cheating, and yeah, they cheated. There was no excuse for Ohio State to lose this game. They were, their, they were with their backup coach, and he showed some guts going forward on fourth down, and Ohio State to punt on a fourth and one near midfield. Uh, no pressure. The defense was pathetic. They got no pressure, and Michigan just ran the clock out on them. Just an absolute disgrace. And Ryan Day's the leader. If you, Ohio State has different standards than any team, in, certainly any team in the NFL, but higher standards than just about every team in college football. Nobody cares that you're 11-1. and one. Do you beat Michigan? No. Do you win the Big Ten Championship? No. Can you win a national championship? No. He's a zero on all of those, and that's all that matters. And that's why, ultimately, I would fire Ryan Day. He gravy-trained Urban Meyer, and it hasn't panned out. I don't want to hear about the great talent he recruits. If he's got such great talent, why has he got a mediocre quarterback? All right. <clears throat> that's going to do it for me. Before I go, let me remind you to get extra value this football season with Bet River Squares. Went up to 10000 bucks in bonus money. Bet $10 in same-game parlays on any game with the Squares icon to earn a square. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at AdamTheBullFan. Oh, excuse me, I got rid of the fan on that. Uh, at AdamTheBull. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, part of the Bet Rivers Network. Please hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. I would appreciate it and you'll get alerts whenever I do a podcast. Uh, thanks to uh, Brian and Max for producing. We'll talk to you next time. Where else but right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. See you, everybody. Terrible loss. Terrible loss. They'll bounce back. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.